And I don't understand how can a Christian sit in a church, biblical teaching of the Word of God, and to continue with their boyfriend, continue with their girlfriend, continue with another husband or another wife that is not your own husband and wife, and not have any conviction. Something is wrong. There's no fear of God today. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us today for our continuing study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and its practical instructions for everyday lives as Christians. Today, Roll will zero in on what Jesus taught about marriage and fidelity. As you stay with us, you'll see that while the world has become lax in its view of purity, God still calls us to holiness, not compromise. Join us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, as Raul Reese begins today's lesson, The Law of Divorce. Let me read you some of the statistics here that are going on in the world today. It says 50 to 70% of all American marriages end in divorce. Within the last decade, incidents of adultery have risen in alarming rates of 50 to 70% in America. About adulterers, 100%. Of cheating a spouse, violate the trust they shared and enjoy with their spouse. 10 to 25% of spouse extramarital affairs begin in the internet relationship, in chat rooms, and game websites. 75% of adulterers are middle class age uh, earners. 1 to 5% of adulterers are pastors or clergy. 90% of clergy divide churches and cause spiritual upheavals within their own sphere of influence. Many congregations become skeptical, bitter, and resentful because of these things. 60 to 70% of adultery victims are women. 30-40% of adultery victims are men. This number has increased dramatically over the past decade, and I have due in part of the increased presence of women in the workplace. You, know, you think about what's happening in most of the homes today of America, especially in the church. Now, you've got to remember, the Bible is speaking to the church, the New Testament. The Sermon on the Mount is not for the non-believer, it's for the church, those that believe in Jesus Christ. And what's really amazing about the book of Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, he wants to talk to each one of us individually, not only what we should be, but the way we should live so that we can be salt and light in a world that is losing its integrity. Listen to what Jesus says beginning in verse 27 of chapter 5. He says, you have heard... That it was said to those of old, that's the Old Testament saints, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you 
Notice that one of your members perish, then for your whole body to be cast into Gehenna, the lake of fire. Verse 30. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into Gehenna. How many times is it? Twice to be cast into Gehenna. And yet when you think about what Jesus is saying here, look at the problem today with adultery and fornication within the church. And I would like to say that this is an area that is destroying men and women and young people today. A sin that can send you to hell. And yet at the same time, think how people say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, if you're a Christian, why are you doing it? When the Bible says that when we repent, we become what? A new creation in Christ Jesus. When I was in the world, I committed adultery on my wife all the time. No problem with that. But when the Holy Spirit convicted me, I became a Christian. I never grew up in the church. I knew that it was wrong. That if you went out on your wife or your wife went out on your husband, something definitely is wrong. Because Christ condemned it. The Bible condemns it. And yet today, if you look at the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there's so many adulterers in the church. That's why I want to share with you the importance of the gospel. Think about all the things that today bring a person into lusting. Committing fornication, committing adultery. Not only in our minds, but following up and doing it. So that we enter into a place of bondage. When sex is not wrong in its proper place. And where is that? Marriage. Marriage. In the book of Genesis, chapter 227, the Bible says that what? That sex is good for husband and wife. It says this, Genesis 227. And God said, let us make men in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created men. In his own image, in the image of God created he, him, male and female created both of them. Both of them. And then Genesis 2.24, therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave or glue himself unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh and they shall be both naked, the man and his wife, but they were not ashamed. Sin had not entered into the garden. Adam and Eve had not sinned against God. The Bible says that any adulterer fornicator will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not talking to non-believers. He's talking to the church. Maybe you're here this morning. You got a little girlfriend, little boyfriend. And you're committing fornication. And you have no shame. And you're being a stumbling block to who? To your friends, to your loved ones. And that's really important because instead of bringing people to Christ, you're pushing people away from Christ. And God will judge you for that. Sex was also created for procreation. Genesis 4.1, and Adam knew his wife, 
and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have begotten a man from the Lord. So sex was given in marriage to have children. Not to go out with anybody you want and to have sex with them. That's not what the Bible says. And yet the Bible does teach that sex can be used wrongly. It can be used wrongly and wrong use of sex brings forth sin. And sin will send you to hell. So you really need to take an examination of your own personal life. We know that immorality and adultery cause great destruction in the home, among the people. It hurts a lot of people with great pain. Great pain. And yet, when these couples so selfishly are together, what happens is like with David. Remember King David? He came out on his terrace, and he's just looking over the city of Jerusalem. And he looked down, and here is Uriah's wife, beautiful, beautiful Bathsheba. And David looks, and there's no problem with the first look. It's the problem that you continue to look and begin to lust. That's what the Bible teaches. That's when you have problems. And I think of so many within the church because of their ego. Because they want their ego to be inflamed. It is because of the need of attention and sharing. And it's so stupid. How can you brag to someone that you're in an adulterous relationship? Do you think you're cool? You're not cool. If you're a Christian, you should be ashamed that you're keeping people away from the kingdom of God instead of drawing people into his kingdom. And God will hold you responsible for that. So important to understand what Jesus is teaching. Let's look again at chapter 5, verse 27. Here in the first point. He says, the law here. You have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not commit adultery. So we see that the law is against immorality and what? In adultery. The seventh commandment in the ten commandments. In Exodus 20 verse 14, he says, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. In the New Testament, Jesus says the same thing. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Secondly, it is defined by Paul the Apostles, Romans 7, 3. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, and she will be called an adulteress, but if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Your husband dies, you're a Christian, you can get remarried only in the Lord. Only in the Lord. Notice what the Bible teaches And I don't understand, how can a Christian sit in a church, biblical teaching of the Word of God, and to continue with their boyfriend, continue with their girlfriend, continue with another husband or another wife that is not your own husband and wife, and not have any conviction? Something is wrong. There's no fear of God today. God desires that we would repent and change our hearts and return to the Lord. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're glad to have Raul here in the studio with us today to talk just a little bit about the Sermon on the Mount and his brand new book on the subject, Sermon of Sermons, that we've been highlighting. Raul, if you were to describe the Sermon on the Mount to someone that's totally unfamiliar with the Bible, what would you say about it? 
When you look at the three chapters that he's talking about, it's the Christian life. Mm. If you didn't have the Sermon on the Mount, what could you do? He brings in the Old Testament with the New Testament to show law and grace. For me, it's been a real blessing, especially when I got to chapter 7, where he says, call me Lord, and you know, Master, and all these things. And he said, you know, I never knew you. And I think that people, when they read this sermon, it's going to bring conviction to them. So they can really not only read it, but sit back and look at it and then say, okay, Lord, how do I feed on this? Is there one particular life lesson that you see in the Sermon on the Mount that stands out, or is it really the whole thing that applies to you? The whole thing. Because you can't just like one. The whole thing is the most perfect thing for a Christian in order to convict themselves before God and to grow in Christ. We've talked a lot about the book, Sermon of Sermons. What is your goal for those who read this book about the Sermon on the Mount? Well, I expect anyone to read it to be convicted, but at the same time to grow. Uh, It could be a teenager. It's real simple. A teenager and then a grown-up, of course. But I hope that when they read it, Something happens. It's not a book. It's something that will minister to their hearts. Well, thank you, Raul. We are excited about the book's release and have no doubt that people will be spiritually blessed and will grow in their faith, as you said. Remember, to get more information and to order, just visit somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's return to more of today's lesson taken from the Sermon on the Mount. Second point, verse 28, the real meaning of adultery. Because adultery is often said to be a sexual unfaithfulness by married persons. This is true. In order, there must be adultery. Number one, there's a delivered look. Like I told you before, David, he looked. He kept looking until finally he lost it and had Bathsheba in his house. Proverbs 6.25 says, Do not lust after her beauty in your heart. No, let her allure you with her eyelids. You have women that are very loose and they want a lot of attention. That's why they dress the way they dress. They put up makeup the way they put up makeup. They want attention. But if that's your wife, you need to really bring her into submission to the Lordship of Christ, not your submission. Secondly, there is passion within the person's heart, desiring and lusting after other person. Remember what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 79? He says, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the hearts and I test the mind, even to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. What is the Lord going to say to you and me when we stand before him, especially if you haven't repented of that sin? What is he going to say? You think he's going to put up with it? I don't think so. God loves sinners, but he hates sin. Thirdly, there is that actual act of sex with another person. Notice that your wife or your husband, Proverbs 5.20 says, For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? Sometimes women and men have a way of seducing other men and women. That's why it's important that when you come to Jesus Christ, you call yourself a Christian. You had a lifestyle before as a homosexual, lesbian, fornicator, adulterer, whatever. You're not supposed to be like that anymore. You are a new creation, a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches. You cannot make up your own rules. And the Bible says that no fornicator, no liar, no whoremonger, no homosexual, not any of those people will inherit the kingdom of God. God will not put up with it. Fourthly, there is that spiritual unfaithfulness toward God. 
James 4.4 4 says, Adulterers, adulteresses, don't you know that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And who's in the world? Satan. Satan possesses the world. Third point, listen carefully. Verse 29 to 30. The answer in the solution to adultery. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into Gehenna. So here in this illustration, he's not talking about literally cutting off or plucking off your eye or cutting off your hand. But it's speaking about the sin. The evil sin of adultery. Listen, it comes from an evil heart. Matthew fifteen nineteen. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Notice that. And secondly, it is a sin against who? My body. Against my body. Why? Because this is the temple of the living God. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body. But he who commits fornication sins against his own body. And then thirdly, he's excluded from the kingdom of God. Listen carefully. This is the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Who's he talking to? Christians. Know you not. That the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, homosexuality, lesbianism. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Notice that we used to be like that. What? But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. By the Spirit of our God. We've had a transformation. And then, listen, fourthly, it disturbs the Christian fellowship with God. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 says this, I wrote to you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, Yet not altogether with fornicators of this world. He's not talking about the world. You got to work with fornicators. He's talking about the church. Listen. He says, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world. Or with covetous or extortioners or idolaters. For then you need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with any man that is called a brother, a Christian, that be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or railer, or drunkard, or extortioner, with such, don't even have dinner with them. Don't eat with them. Because when you identify with them, guess what? You're going to be just like them. You're not giving God an opportunity for them to repent. You're supporting them. When you break fellowship with them, it's not because you don't love them. Paul says you get them and you train them over. You take them over to Satan so that Satan can destroy the flesh. And they'll come back repentant. And then they'll be in the kingdom of God. But as long as we support it, we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in the person's life. 
And then how about condemning it to hell? Galatians chapter 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are what? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. Sorcery is drugs. Marijuana, uh, ecstasy, whatever drug it is. He says, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who continue to practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Speaking to who? Christians. How about Ephesians chapter 5, 3? But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for saints or Christians. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. Notice that. Nor coarse jesting. Dirty, dirty mouth and dirty mind. He says, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. But this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon those sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Why does he say that? Because there are Christians who say, oh, don't worry about it. God will forgive you. Uh-uh. He'll only forgive you if you truly repent and turn from your sin. And if not, you're going to hell. That's what the Bible teaches. And not didn't make the rules, God made the rules. And then what's the answer to taking care of the problem? Number one, cut off the sin. Get rid of it. Repent of it. Romans 6, 6 says this, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Jesus Christ, that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer, notice, be slaves to sin. Are you a slave to sin today? Whatever your sin dominates your life, that's your God. You're a slave to that. Unless you repent. And then how about Romans 8.13? For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Holy Spirit of God, these are the true sons and daughters of God. Colossians 3, 5 says, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. How many times does God have to say it before we say, I lesson I learned? You notice he only gave you two ears and one mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Seven times he says that. The problem is people listen, but they don't do what God says. That's the problem. Secondly, take the offending body member and get rid of it, which is your sin. Get rid of it. Romans 6, 14, listen. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, that your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Well, if you're struggling in your relationship with your spouse and have been compromising your marriage vows, we urge you today to take this teaching to heart and ask for the Lord's restoration. 
This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Now, a copy of today's program, including all of Raul's teaching, is available to you for a donation of $5 or more. If you'd like to get a copy, just call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's lesson titled, The Law of Divorce. To shed more light into God's highest will for your life, we'd also like to tell you about Raul's new book titled, Sermon of Sermons. As we've mentioned earlier, this resource will lead you in understanding Jesus' practical instructions for honoring the Lord in your daily decisions. You'll see that from the way you handle your finances to the way you deal with conflict, your choices reflect your love for God. Get in touch with us and ask for Rolf's new book, Sermon of Sermons. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to take advantage of our pre-order rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. That phone number again is 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thanks for partnering with us to keep the hope and truth of God's Word on the air. Your donations are tax-deductible, and we're grateful for your support. Next time, as we continue this Sermon on the Mount series, we'll get a warning against giving in to temptation when God has called us to a life of righteousness, holiness, and obedience. Now, with a final comment, here's Raul. Repentance is the key into the kingdom of God. If you're here today or you're listening to the radio this morning or watching through the internet, if you leave here this morning in your sin, good luck. Good luck to you. But if you truly have been convicted of your sin, when you leave here, you're going to go tell that person, I'm done with it, I'm through with it. Yes, you're going to reap. But it's better reaping than ending up in hell. You need to do what's right before God and before men. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.